0: What's going on? It's time for another episode of Too Hard for the Radio, transmitting from the future free state of greater Idaho. I am the one arm madman. And from the Badlands of southern Montana, with his pussy in hand, it is Nolan 5150. How you doing, brother?
1: Pretty good, man. Just uh, surviving. Had to struggle through... You know, some side work on the days off again for like third week in a row, but, you know, do what you got to do to survive in
0: these times. Right on. I I piled up all my leaves a couple months ago, like in my backyard, because I've still got a couple poplars. When I moved into my house, I had like 33 poplars, and uh, I just had out-of-control leaves. It was like four trips to the dump with my pickup. I mean, we're talking leaves this high all throughout my backyard <laughs> so i'm down to like six of these bastards now so it's manageable so i piled them up but then the weather came in and i got snow on top of them i never got a chance to pick them up so i've just had piles of leaves out there all winter essentially and uh <clears throat> we warmed up enough to where i was able to go out and gather them all up and i decided to burn them so uh-huh. i put a big pile and they were still pretty wet so I uh, was taking down the railing on my deck because the hot tub's going down there, and I the railing looked like shit anyway, so screw it. Took down the railing, was planning on taking that to the dump, ended up cutting it up and burning it in the fire. So I get like half the leaves down, and uh, I wake up the next day. It had burned down pretty damn good. So I go into the garage. I find some other scrap wood. I start cutting that up toss it on, get the fire going again. As soon as I get the fire going, the wind picks up. It starts like hailing and snowing on huh. me. I'm like, damn it. Leaves are blowing everywhere, like leaves that are on fire blowing all over the backyard. <laughs> so I decide, screw it. I'm just going to toss all the leaves on top of it. So I pile all the leaves on top of this thing. And at one point, the wind's coming in one way, and it looked like a cigar or a bowl. More like a bowl. So it had the the wind just blowing in, and you had this white hot bowl, and then it's just blowing smoke out towards my neighbor's house. I didn't get a picture, like a dumbass, <laughs> <laughs> but it was wild. I wake up this morning, and they are all gone. It's just a pile of ashes. Uh,
1: yeah, we got a we got a big scrap pile of uh, pallets and just you know random shit like that. At the shop that's probably, you know, probably a good seven, eight feet high. And we're supposed to do a big, like, cookout and bonfire one of these Saturdays at the shop. And, dude, that, it's going to be giant. That flame's going to be, like, probably 25, 30 feet tall.
0: We used to do the, uh, the pig cook. On 4th of July, we dig out a pit, oh, yeah. you make the you bed of coals, drop the pig down, and the next day, you dig it up, and it just falls off the bone. Why want you to eat it, in, like fajitas and shit like that. That's a Kahlua that, pig, that, right? That's the way to go. Yeah. Yeah. A little too cold in, in Montana to be doing a pig cook right now. <laughs> yeah. I, I'm not sure you could get through the the permafrost. I guess it's not permafrost, but through the frozen soil down deep enough uh, I bet it's a bitch digging there,
1: yeah uh where we're at right here it's super rocky so it's not fun
0: in um North Dakota the hardest thing to do in the cold was underground you got these big thick cables they're about this big around and they're they're a bear on a normal day you know it's kind of a bitch just to coil the shit up but you get like negative 40 outside and it turns into just a hard rock of steel essentially so we would roll down the window in the line truck put it through the window and then spool it up in the cab and let it thaw (laughs) for a couple hours so we could work on it
1: wow yeah the shit you gotta do sometimes for the weather
0: yeah man we would be you know out in the middle of nowhere Freezing, negative forty, and you come across like a bunch of arrowheads. You're just like, How the hell did these people live here? I mean, there's no way they could have lived there in the in the winter time. It must have just been hunting season in the summer, and then mm, out yeah. south for the winter time. Yeah, yeah, but for sure. Just incredible that they lived out there. No trees, <laughs> right? In the entire fucking state. There's no goddamn trees. Dude,
1: <laughs> I was just thinking about that because it, uh, like I. I just keep the heater vent like shut in my room, you know. I like it cold. I like to sleep in the cold. I just bundle up in blankets and have my head poked out, you know, and I like to uh I, I like to breathe the cold air better, but I was just thinking that, like, uh if the you know, if the power dies for too long, it's like what what are you gonna I mean, I think I'd be okay. I got enough blankets and sleeping bags, but
0: so I just had this conversation with my financial guy. I told him that, like he was telling me, get set up, you know, all this stuff. And I was like, all right, essentially, I'm willing to prep for two months. Yeah. Because after two months, the power's never coming back on again. And I don't I just don't think I'm really going to be one of the survivors. Like everyone's going to die, you know, pretty much. yeah. And unless you have like a, a legit stash of shit. You're fucked. Yeah. Well, you know. I I'd, I'd
1: say two like two months, three months, uh uh, like supplies is real real good, and then I mean to actually, but that's survive, assuming
0: the power is going to come back on.
1: Well, but my my point is uh, for me, past that, yeah, yeah. Obviously, you're waiting for the power to come back on, but like you said, after a certain amount of time it's never going to come back on. It's just going to be starting from the ground floor, trying to build infrastructure if ever again. But the survivors are going to be the people that have like the, the tools and the skills to scratch a life out of that new reality.
0: And who knows how long it's going to take to start rebuilding again, because yeah. there's going to be chaos. There'd be chaos for oh, yeah. who knows how long, you know, So you'd have to have that chaos period. People would die. People would get murdered. People would lose all their shit. And you would have to have time for it to calm down. And then the survivors of that chaos period would, you know, probably have to have some kids. And, you know, 10, 20 years down the line, then you get together and you start saying, all right, what can we do? How can we build? And the people that survive are going to be the most industrious people. Oh yeah. So they're gonna be they're the ones that are gonna have the best chance of rebuilding anyways. Yeah. And other people are just gonna be in the way at that yep. point. Like people like me, I'm like I have some knowledge. So like I do have a plan. If our power goes out, we could use the you know, in an EMP situation, everybody's fucked. Yeah. But let's say it's just a power out situation, so you've still got machines. EMP, you don't have machines. You're fucked. Completely fucked. But let's say we have machines. I've got a field across the street from my house. It's got a stream that runs 365. So you dam it up. You make, you make yourself a nice reservoir. And you build some micro hydro project. Then you use the existing infrastructure to power the houses of the people that made it happen. Yeah. But, you know, what, what happens with the rest of the people around?
1: You, you can't worry about that, them at that point in time. That That's probably one of the problems yeah. with society. Everybody's worried
0: about everybody
1: else. Why don't you worry about your fucking self? Yeah, and I mean, at, like,
0: the people that are going to be the survivors,